Today's episode is brought to you by the new Yelp for Restaurants. In July 2020, hundreds of hospitality professionals and enthusiasts at Yelp banded together to create a new team dedicated entirely to the betterment of restaurants. Check out our latest project together, the Restaurant Marketing School podcast at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash marketing school or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here we go. It was that situation where a smaller business, there's a lot that we need to do. And we had to listen, understand where we could make the biggest impact because you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So I think as you go through that exercise of understanding what will most impact your customers, you have to be ruthless about what you say yes to and what you say no to. And I do believe that no is equally, if not more important than the yes. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry. Featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. Who's the most important person in your restaurant? On a busy Saturday night, it's the dishwasher. Because if the dishwasher doesn't show up, you're the dishwasher. To make his job easier and our operation more efficient, we've upgraded to Dawn Professional Pot and Pan. Dawn Professional cleans 58% more pots and pans per sink using less soap and resulting in fewer changeovers. Save time and money with Dawn Professional. It's clean, upgraded. Tressie Lieberman is the Vice President of Digital and Off-Premise for Chipotle. Do you think that was a big job in light of a global pandemic? Tressie was charged with conceptualizing and executing a new way for this massive company to do business in a world that went from brick and mortar to digital overnight. In today's episode, we tackle current trends, Chipotle's digital transformation, and what independent restaurateurs can learn from Chipotle's successes and struggles over the last 12 months. Well, I've been in restaurants for a long time. I love working in the restaurant industry. I've always enjoyed getting to see customers experience your hard work and interact with the food and see the difference it makes in people's lives. But I started my career on the advertising side. I always loved the creativity of marketing and went to New York, worked at Ogilvy and Mather. That led me to another agency back in Texas where I'm from called Slingshot where I continued to go down the online digital marketing path. And I was fascinated by what was going on on the client side. There were a lot of ideas that we would take on the agency side that we would take into clients and they weren't getting through. And I thought, I need to learn what the challenges are on the client side and get really closer to the business. So I made that move and led me from Pizza Hut to Taco Bell to Snap Kitchen and now Chipotle. So it's been a wild ride. I would say that on a corporate level, the large restaurant groups have done a very good job of marketing themselves. The independent restaurants, less so. Any idea why that's the case? Well, I think it's just a very different situation when you're a small business and a large business. When I was at Snap Kitchen, it was moving into a much smaller business. And you have to think differently about marketing. Obviously, budgets are different. Your reach is different. And the challenges are different. And so you have to create plans that are really unique to your situation. And there's a very different challenge when you're looking to scale a business that has 3,000 to 7,000 restaurants versus something like Snap Kitchen, where you're trying to grow and build awareness for something with 35 locations. So you you have to create the marketing plan that matches your goals and objectives. 
high level, you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, and he'll tell you that every company is a media company and every brand is a lifestyle brand. That seems to fall in line with your ideology, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot about that with Chipotle. We have 20 million members in our rewards program. So we truly are a media company, right? We have this great, engaged group of people that we can create a relationship with. And I take that really seriously. And then you have your social channels where there's no limitation to your reach there. And especially with TikTok, and I think what they're doing with their algorithms is so smart, you can get your brand into the hands of people, regardless of the size of your business and how you show up is really important. And it's all to me about creating relationships and not just trying to sell people. And you bring people on for the right. Of course, they hopefully like to buy what you're all about, but it's about building that relationship. I think when you have that view of thinking of yourself as an influencer or a media company, you'll get a very different creative output than if your goal is to just sell someone. I couldn't agree with you more. And I was actually just reading an article and it referenced Chipotle as a lifestyle brand, which is one crazy to think when you think about restaurants and their position within culture. But the other is that Chipotle hasn't always been that way and wasn't really that way when you came into the company. At the time, they were struggling with invisibility and an accessibility in a digital world. And I'm curious to know when you came in, I'm sure that that was at the top of your list, but what was your plan to combat those issues? Well, definitely driving our difference. That was number one. We wanted to continue reminding people that Chipotle is a restaurant company with real kitchens and employees who are making our food from scratch with no freezers, no microwaves, no can openers. We have incredible practices when it comes to sourcing and incredible standards around sustainability. So first and foremost, it was just reminding people that we are a brand that's different. And beyond that, it was showing them the access to the brand. We have delivery, we have mobile ordering where you can order ahead for pickup. And there's very low awareness of these channels. So wanted to let people know however they want to get Chipotle. We have that solution for them. And then the third was leading culture. On everything we do, we want to create a conversation. And when you lead culture, you have to have an organization that's very nimble and ready to respond, but also not be too precious about how you create these relationships with customers. And that means showing up on channels that may be uncomfortable because we haven't been there before, like TikTok or Reddit or figuring out the next channel where people are going to. And you constantly have to be educating yourself, but also taking a bit of a risk to have the brand show up in new places and maybe have a different tone that's right for that audience. Your values are always the same, but the way that you can create that conversation may have some nuances to it. So really, it was doing those three things, drive difference, drive purchase, drive culture. And I think we've really shown up in a big way. Certainly, as things changed in March a year ago, we were set up to be able to respond because we had the incredible infrastructure to enable this digital access. And then it was really leveraging marketing to let people know in our communities, to let people know that we had these channels and we are removing friction by offering free delivery. We created a lot of different activations to keep the brand top of mind and also meet our customers where they were, whether it was our Chipotle Together live stream series. We hosted an after party to prom with David Dobrik where we gave away a scholarship. We gave away burritos for healthcare heroes. We're constantly, every week, thinking about how can we show up and provide value to our community and do it in a way that helps them remember that we're still here for them during a 
really challenging time in their lives. It was one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you because I spent a lot of time on this show talking with people about their pandemic pivots, but that really wasn't a thing for you guys. It was more leaning into what you were already doing. It was instead of a pivot, which would be a change in a different direction. This was more of an evolution, right? Sure. I mean, there definitely were some pivots in terms of shifting our marketing calendar around and making sure that we were making delivery and order ahead top of mind for customers. But we had built the muscle in terms of how we move real time and how we understand where our customers are and think about providing value to them. And we call it culture hunting. It's kind of a practice across our core team, working with the social team, PR, social listening, and our partners to be able to have an idea, see where the customer's at really fast. Because of that, we were able to launch free delivery before anybody else launched free delivery. And we were able to experiment with Zoom and get this Chipotle Together series up in a matter of days before even all the music industry had figured out to move to live streaming. So I think it's been our superpower for sure, our ability to move fast and smart and meet customers where they are. And I think there's so much to be said with that because when you talk about like the independent restaurateurs listening, there's a real bandwidth issue. And so they don't have the ability to take the position of we will be everywhere that people are. They actually have to hone in on their audience. What I find very interesting about your strategy is that it's not a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. And you guys are doing a great job of talking back and forth with your customers. So it has as much to do with brand visibility as it does with accessibility and then being able to talk back to you so that you know what they want so that you can service them. What infrastructure did you guys put in place to give your patrons an opportunity to talk with you? I think a lot of it is the culture that we've created and we very much like to think like a startup. We don't want to have that big organization layers upon layers, lots of red tape. It's just creating a conversation and letting people know it's okay to take risks and move fast. And we want ideas coming from across the organization. And if you have an idea, you can make it happen. And that really inspires people. They want to come up with the next big thing. We want to keep raising the bar and challenging the status quo. So to me, it was really just about creating the culture. I think the spirit of collaboration that we have is very unique as well. No one is precious about ideas or where they came from. We're very united in terms of wanting to take the brand to new places. And it's really, really exciting to be a part of. But on the listening front, that's just something that we encourage across teams. In fact, I just sent a note to my team this morning. I'm like, let's just make sure for the next two weeks, block 10 minutes on your calendar and stay close to the customer. We get a lot of reports in a larger organization, right? You get a report on the trends in social listening and the customer feedback. And a lot of times that is at a very high level. And so for me, it's about digging in and really reading the comments, reading the comments on TikTok, searching for your hashtag on TikTok and seeing the type of content your customers are putting out there on behalf of your brand. I mean, I just saw on Snapchat some UGC lenses that our fans were creating and trying to understand, okay, this is how they perceive the brand, right? Because as a brand, you always want to tell people what you're all about and you hope they play back these stories. But the reality is they're telling you what you're all about. And so you have to listen and be really curious. It's the number one thing that I hire for and that I look for in partners. It's having that 
insatiable curiosity to figure out how you can better serve your customers or how you can find ways to get them talking about you because you're seeing what's happening in culture. But it all works together to push a brand forward and make you feel relatable. At the end of the day, it's just thinking like a human. I always take a step back and stop thinking like a corporation and think like a human. And you take off your marketing hat because marketing can take you to a place of sales. And you just think like a human. How do we create a conversation? How can I make your life better? How do I give you something that you want to share on behalf of me? Because if we are selling to you, that's great. I hope you'll make a purchase and we certainly do that. But if you are selling our brand to one of your friends, that's obviously going to be a lot more powerful. So giving you the right things to talk about is key. That's really the struggle, right? Is everyone wants to know, how do you create conversion on TikTok when it just has to be about offering value? That's really been your position, your ethos on this whole thing, right? Is providing value and hoping that in the long run, that will create loyal customers. Sure. Providing value in a way that engages you. And that is the key. Like That's why I get so excited about TikTok because there's unlimited creativity on the platform, whether it's using new filters or tracks or new ways of storytelling. You can go on TikTok and look at your For You page, but you see the type of content that's breaking through and that's super interesting. And most of the time, it's not coming from the big creators. It's coming from people who are just thinking of a great story they want to share. It's a place for storytelling. And if you can provide value in a way that brings people in and they want to engage with that content, they want to like that content or share that content. That's where the magic is. And I'm really fortunate to work with a team who totally gets that. And they are experimenting like crazy across platforms. And we're tapping into our community to see what they like. And we'll create more of that. And the minute it becomes safe, we'll come up with a new format and try something new. I think you have to have a bias for action. And this spirit of constantly challenging the status quo and trying new things and just cannot get comfortable in marketing, period. The idea being that you'll try a thousand things, maybe three or four will work, but you have to try all thousand to figure out what's going to make it. Yeah, it's just placing little bets. And sometimes you'll be surprised a little bet can blow up and be a really big thing. And other times a big bet doesn't work like you think it will. And so I think The good and the bad news is the average attention span of a consumer is eight seconds, right? It's like less than a goldfish. At least that's the last stat I heard. I don't know if that's still current. might be even worse now. But you have to remind people constantly why you are there for them. And it's not just a matter of really big campaigns. You have to show up every day. One of the big things that came out of the pandemic, I think for a lot of restaurateurs, was the fact that they don't own their customers that their customers are owned by third-party delivery, all of these other marketplaces, and that there's this obstacle to actually getting in front of the customer and communicating directly. From a marketing perspective, you kind of see the same thing with social media, right? You exist on someone else's platform. Is there a concern there? I mean, Chipotle has an app and they have a great app. Is your central focus, is your long game, trying to move people onto your platform? Absolutely. You want to create that deeper relationship, a relationship with you on social media for sure. But if I can get you to join the Chipotle Rewards program and message you with content that's going to be super relevant and personalized to you via email or push or SMS, or creating that experience within the app, the website, 
that is the next level and is certainly a priority for us. As I mentioned, we have over 20 million members in our program. It's less than two years old. And we want to continue to bring more people into the Chipotle family and get them to be a part of that program so we can have that direct relationship with them. And I think that's really important for all businesses to think about how are you creating that relationship, whether it's a sub stack or just creating your own rewards program. It is a key to owning that relationship with the customer because it's something you can control, right? And the thing you can control is creating the right content that makes people want to continue to be a part of that experience. You can't just get the data and walk away. It's about using it to deepen the relationship. Well, and opposed to chasing trends, you guys have also ridden trends. An example would be when you came out with the Whole30 Bowl, which speaks to like individualizing your customers, right? And saying, hey, we know this is a thing. We know that a lot of people are participating in this and we want to support you in this endeavor. I think things like that go a long way to humanizing brands as big as Chipotle, right? Absolutely. And it comes back to, as I mentioned, providing value, removing friction from the experience. And that particular example is really tied into listening. We saw people wanting more from Chipotle when it came to Whole30. They were trying to figure out how to create their own bowls and they were having to go read all the individual ingredients that went into everything at Chipotle. And so it was a lot of work. Like with digital, we can actually take all of that effort out of this by doing a one tap Whole30 bowl. And that has led to a lot of even menu innovation of adding things to the menu, like our cauliflower rice, it just came out that is Whole30 approved and giving more choices to that community. And there are evangelists, right? They are talking about Chipotle. It's one of the few places that they can actually eat without cooking at home because it's very strict standards with Whole30, which I think is another way to tell our brand story about driving difference. If you can actually come here because we don't have additives and preservatives, we have clean ingredients, you can get Whole30 at Chipotle. And also, you know, hopefully drives that digital purchase and gets you into the rewards program. It's a whole digital flywheel where all these things work together to create that holistic experience. And that's one of the most fascinating things I think about what you and your team are doing is every independent restaurateur out there, everybody wants to give value. Everybody listens to everybody on social media. Everybody's talking about the best way to get a customer, the best way to keep a customer is to provide value. Defining that in concrete terms is incredibly difficult right? Especially when you're already working 80 to 100 hours a week. I'm super curious because you guys have done it time and time again. And in the show notes, I'm happy to regale people with links of all of the different initiatives that you guys have done that have spoken directly to the needs of your market, the interest of your market. How do you guys define value broadly? And then what are the marching orders for your teams to create it? It starts with a lot of listening and engaging with customers. Again, it's just staying super close to them to understand what their needs are, whether it's how we optimize the rewards program or reading app reviews and thinking about how you optimize the digital experience. It's looking at not only the menu trends, but the insights that we're getting from customer feedback on how our brand and menu team evolves that part of the world. And it's a constant cycle of listening, there's certainly prioritization involved. You want to do the things that are going to make the biggest impact. I totally get it was at Snap Kitchen. It was that situation where a smaller business, there's a lot that we need to do. And we had to listen, understand where we could make the biggest impact because you can do anything, but you can't do everything. 
So I think as you go through that exercise of understanding what will most impact your customers, you have to be ruthless about what you say yes to and what you say no to. And I do believe that no is equally, if not more important than the yes. And value is no longer defined as price. I would argue that one of the staples in our industry for, let's say, the last 10 years is this competition to see who can sell the cheapest stuff for the longest period of time. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because you guys don't define it that way. And discounts that you've offered have been on delivery, which creates accessibility without cheapening the value of your product. Chipotle is not expensive, but it's also not cheap. And you guys have stuck to your guns on pricing through this whole thing, establishing value through story. Well, value is the need that you're serving for a customer and how you make them feel. And people are coming to Chipotle because they want real ingredients and we deliver on that, right? They want convenience and we deliver on that. I mean, I've learned a lot watching also the direct-to-consumer space and the brand experience that is created. I love to order. I mean, that's one of the things I do obsessively, maybe not good for my credit card, but I try to order as many direct-to-consumer experiences as I can just to get my head outside of the category and see how people are creating these brands digitally where someone may never walk into their storefront and know who they are, but they're able to deliver that in packages that shows up at your door. And the storytelling and the branding is really important. And I've thought that way about Chipotle. Some of our best customers may never walk into Chipotle. We get a lot of new customers and through delivery, Maybe they came in through Marketplace and they don't even get to really experience our brand in our own app. And so how do they feel when they get Chipotle delivered to their door? And to me, that's the way I think about value. We're providing them the value of convenience, but how do they feel about the brand and what more can we do to make it an exceptional experience? I can imagine that you learned countless lessons and countless insights over the course of 2020 with all of the things that change within the industry and I'm sure within Chipotle. I'm curious to know, where do you see the most room for improvement within the industry at large? And what are you doing to push that change forward in your own company? That's a really good question. I yeah. I haven't thought about the industry at large. We've all been working in a bubble, right? And, yeah. and so everybody's focused on their own business, but when you look at what is this going to end up being, like a 40, 50, 60% permanent closure rate across the industry, there are foundational issues, you know? And I started the show and like my hope is, is that when we get back to work, that we're all better off than we were before and that this wasn't all for nothing. I think some of the changes will be lasting. I do believe that people are getting used to the convenience of digital, people who may not have tried it before, but did it because of the pandemic. And they're realizing, wow, this is super easy. I can do a one tap reorder from my last order. And, you know, Chipotle, there's a lot of customization involved and you've got that all set up and ready to reorder. That's super easy. Or for me, I I do everything delivery and I have a, a young child at home. It's just so easy. And so I've kind of defaulted to this behavior. I think you also will see people wanting to go back into that experience that they really missed. And people love the Chipotle restaurant experience too. So I think what excites me about the industry as a whole is I think we've actually expanded. We've expanded maybe points of frequency, 
by getting people to experience brands digitally, but also be able to have that in-person connection. But certainly things are changing. I don't think it would be healthy to think, okay, well, things are going to return to how they were. And so it's really important to see those signals of how the underlying consumer behavior is changing and evolve your business for them. We're only going forward. I think remote working will, not for everybody, but remote working will have a big impact on the industry in terms of what happens with lunch. As an example, for certain restaurants, you're driving people to lunch delivery instead of lunch and going out at the office. So you have to be ready. I mean, if anything, it's be nimble, be ready to evolve, watch where things are going and move quickly. Don't be silent and wait, move quickly, get creative, be innovative. I mean, I've been blown away by the innovation of the restaurant industry over the last year. I just think it's so cool to see how so many brands have pivoted into new spaces and gotten super creative. I mean, I've always loved that. That's why I've worked in restaurants for so long. People are extremely innovative and and can move on a dime. So I think we've got to continue that mindset for sure. From a leadership perspective, I've heard you talk about the importance to have a bias for action. You actually brought it up earlier, but I want to unpack it because I think it's a great life lesson for so many of us in leadership positions. Yeah, you just can't sit back and wait. I think it can be easy to get paralyzed by fear or not having enough data or needing to just sit back and see how things shake out. I'm a big believer in experimentation to learn versus letting others lead the way and maybe learning from them. And you don't have to go all in on something. It's like making little moves that can help you get the understanding to inform where you go next. But I don't think you can sit back. You have to jump in and learn. And even with social channels, right? Like just create the content and see how it performs. And if it doesn't work, move on to the next thing. You can delete it if you didn't like it. You have to be in this constant state of learning. And I think learning and the bias reaction are directly connected. Because if you're just learning by reading and absorbing, but you're never doing anything with it, I don't think that's not going to do a lot of good. Looking forward into 2021, what initiatives do you have rolling out? What are you most looking forward to? Where do you see the new innovation? It's already been a super fun year at Chipotle. I mean, we definitely move quickly. There is never a dull moment. Our brand and menu team launched cauliflower rice earlier this year, which was huge and something I was personally really excited to eat. We brought back a collab with our original meme star who did the Chipotle is my life meme and created a merch collection with him and sold his bowl in our app, which was super fun and gave him a celeb card. We just announced that we are doing a collab with Elf that is super cool. It's a Chipotle Elf collection. We took our line, the whole Chipotle line, and turned it into an eyeshadow palette with them. We did an avocado sponge blender, some lip gloss inspired by our salsa. So that's been just a way to create conversation in an unexpected way. And we have a lot more coming up, unfortunately. I can't share too much about it, but in that spirit of bias for action and not being silent and really moving forward, we're going to continue to push to be top of mind and tell people all the amazing things we're up to. And that's why I love working for Chipotle. It's a brand I really believe in. And we want more and more people to come in genuinely because we're a purpose-driven brand and we're making a difference. And we're real food you can feel good about eating. And we want to continue to 
uh, people experience Chipotle, regardless of what channel they prefer, uh, whether it's digital or coming to the restaurant. It's an industry podcast. And at the end of every episode, I like to give the guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement you'd like to offer? I feel like it'd be a summary, maybe of all the things I just said, but one would just be, I think, being curious and staying close to the customer. Like, go in and search on Twitter what people are saying about your brand. You don't need a fancy tool to do that. Read through the customer complaints and the positive feedback. If you have an app, read those reviews. I think sometimes these big reports can actually not be a good thing because you get this like giant listening report and you're relying on it to bring things to you. So I think sitting in the restaurant, talking with customers, but having that direct connection is really important to understand how you can make the biggest difference. And I would say to just don't be afraid to try new things and to experiment to see where you should be investing your time. And then the third, like we talked about, would be build that community build that relationship where people are so passionate about your experience that they want to tell their friends about it and keep dialing in the experience. I mean, if you just spent your time on one thing, I think creating that end-to-end experience that people just want to talk about because they loved being at your restaurant is key. And it can be easy to get distracted by a million other little things that can prevent you from focusing on that one thing. So make sure you've dialed in an awesome experience. That's Tressie Lieberman. For more on Chipotle, go to chipotle.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.